Welcome to the Oregon College Football Post Game Show with Judah Newby and Neil Lomax. Presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light on 1029 and 750 The Game. Well, the Ducks get the big victory, 31-29. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. Oregon had this one from start to finish. Boy, it got a little hairy late. And uh, not in the Nikhil Harry sense yeah. either. Got a little hairy late, Neil Lomax. Oof. Ducks get this victory, though, 31-29 the final. They get win number seven on the season. They, uh, they, they right the ship after a couple of disappointing road games. They get the victory on senior night. Arizona State covers the plus four or the plus three and a half, wherever you may have seen it. It looked, man, it really felt at the end of this game that Brandon Ruiz, the Arizona State kicker, like you said in the pregame, Neil, would get a chance to win this game for ASU. But Oregon holds on the strip sack at the end, forced by Lamar Winston Jr. and recovered by the Oregon defense, ends up sealing victory at the end of this one, Neil. Boy, they get the victory in the end. Yeah, I thought it would be, a, all of us thought it would be a close game. And I thought it would come down to the kicking. Uh, Adam Stack made his field goal. Uh, Ruiz made four. I mean, oh, three. He had the chance. I thought it would. It'd come down to that fourth one for the final. And everybody here, uh, all day, the whole week, knew this would be a close game. I think uh, missing those defensive starters in the first half really showed mm-hmm. for ASU. I mean, having Robertson out. Um. Yeah, the freshman. really the first half, you know, Jalen Harvey being out of the game. I mean, the guy, the guy has seventy total tackles, and then when you start six freshmen defensively, I think that's why Oregon looked good and looked good often in the first half. Second half, kind of hang on and win. It looked like the old Oregon Duck kind of football team. Uh, the turnovers huge. Ugo Amadi on a punt, dropping that, muff that one. Uh, Justin Herbert would love to have three or four throws back. The big improvement for me, offensive line. Justin had a lot of time to throw the ball. When he didn't, he extended the play a little bit, but a lot different than last week. And then running the football, much improvement there. And flip side, Judah, defensively, I thought run the rush defense for three quarters at least, mm. very effective. So good. So other than that, we all knew it would be a close game. Congratulations, Oregon. You held on to win because this could have been ugly at the end if Manny Wilkins doesn't try to extend the play. And like you said, Lamar Winston, strip, sack, there you go. Ball game. And you know what? You look at the rushing stats, the totals for Eno Benjamin in this game. Like, Have you seen the box score on this yet, Neil? Yeah, I got it up. I'm looking at it right now, 29 for 149. I'm looking at 149 rush yards, and you might on first blush be like, wow, he ran for a buck 50, big game. It didn't feel that way. It felt like Oregon's rush defense not only did well, they did very well for the majority of this football game. Yeah, he had one that went for 31, uh, two that were 20-plus. So we all like to say, all, all the pundits and experts, okay, you take those three away, that's that's like 90 yards. But see, you can't do that. Because the other rushes, 26 of them were for only like 80 yards. So he got his average. He's been averaging 130 yards, though. So give the guy credit, and they're going to feed him. That's what they do. Uh, that's their offensive style. I mean, I, I don't know Rob Likens that much. Uh, the OC, I know he's a very good quarterback coach. I've heard him in the, you know, people talk about how well he is, kind of the quarterback whisperer. Don't know him that well as an OC, 
who works for Herm, Herm uh, Edwards. But their style, too, is running the ball. They're going downhill. They showed a lot. There's a lot of, I, I want to say, several times in third and five, third and six, they ran the ball, and it showed because their third down con- conversions was terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> ASU ran the ball on a third and nine late in the game and converted it. Like they, they, well, they only had they only had like thirty two percent conversion right. from they were one and nine at one point uh, for one conversion. for twelve one for twelve in the second half unbelievable this is how it sounded on TV when uh, the Ducks sealed the victory with the fumble recovery Wilkins lost the football as the pressure coming from Cumberlander Lamar Winston also there for Oregon. Forced the fumble. Lamar Winston recovered by Cumberlander, our new favorite player. Gotta love Cumberlander. A couple of sacks for that guy. Didn't see him on the two deep getting ready for this game, Neil. But he makes a couple of big plays in the fumble recovery at the end. Yeah, I have forty number forty five on my depth chart. Though. Oh, okay. I do. He, right. He's he's backing up Jordan Scott. He plays nose. He does a little tackle. He plays him in on, on the four man front on third down. But Cumberlander. Not not just that, but he had a couple sacks, a couple pressures. There's a lot of new names. I mean, I was talking about this with James earlier. Is who who's going to step up offensively? That's what I was concerned about. Who's going to step up offensively? And they did spread the wealth. I mean, you had what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight receivers catch balls. And Dylan Mitchell, folks, take take a seat here. He had he had his hundred yards, hundred yards receiving on four receptions. I mean, I know I went to Portland State, but that's 25 yards a, a catch, by the way. Got his touchdown. <laughs> Hashtag but, oh, my God, I got a note here in the first quarter. Justin Herbert missed him on a nine. He was wide open. He got he got by the corner, and communication or just a bad throw. He should have another one. But who's Justin Collins caught a ball? And, Jack, is it Vici or Vecchi? So fans calling, is it Vici or Vecchi? I'm sorry if I'm butchering your last name. He caught a ball. He's from Portland, And too. then Johnny Johnson. Well, we finally see JJ the third. Yeah, they 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 targeted him nine times. JJ said nine targeted targets, and he caught three balls. So they did spread the wealth a little bit offensively. They really did, especially in the first half too. I felt like Jalen Red was being featured in some creative ways. He was in the backfield, ran some routes out from that formation, even caught a big uh, deep ball on the sideline out of that formation too. Felt like Marcus Arroyo, you know, and a drop by the way, and a drop. See, oh, I'll man. tell you what. Jay, oh, Jay Red in his hand. Might have got tipped. Folks realize the third quarter. He's in the know. slot, and you know you're right on. I was doing. I made the same notes. He was in the backfield. Yep. He was one receiver, single receiver, slot receiver. So give props. You're going to talk about Marcus Oil moving that guy around. But oh man, that was right there in the hands. That was another six points. That was another six so points. So Oregon had Oregon had a lot of chances just to go ahead and you know put the game away. Right. But didn't do it. And they I didn't have, do it. That's, that's going to maybe the drawback here is, oh, they is at home. But you know what? They got the win. For the last three or four weeks, I was selling the stock. I mean, I'm, I'm dropping it. They won the game. Right. Right. Against a pretty good football team. Yeah. They've been playing well. They, and you got probably the, the best wide receiver in the country. I think you got ASU at a good time. Even though they had won three in a row with their longest conference because of the streak, defensive injuries, because of the defensive yeah, okay. injuries. Okay, I, I would agree with that. You know what I mean? I mean, and in the first half that showed up, and Neil, come on, the end of the first half, you score, bang bang, you allow ASU to get a touchdown and make it a one-score game, and then you go and get a touchdown at the end of the first half. How big was that? Very impressive. I mean, fifty-five seconds, 
and you take it down and score like that after you got ouched because of the pick. Um, Justin threw two of them. Very poor decision, very poor pass. He was trying to get the ball to Jalen Red, got tipped, and they issue a chance to score. But, no, that that last 50 seconds, and you have a lot of people going, well, let's just go ahead and just give it up or punt, go in halftime, no big deal. But, uh, yeah, you, you had two touchdowns in a minute and thir- minute and 20 seconds. Pretty cool. You're on the phone? You're on the phone talking I'm to I'm trying to get James. Oh, see, James, see, got he's going to have a take on this. He's going to have a take on this. But, no, the rush, I think his, his, his big takeaway, knowing James, and I've known him for the last eight or nine weeks, Rush defense. Really, rush defense. Even though the numbers look pretty good for uh, Mr. Benjamin, the rush defense was was well done. Good for, good for uh, Coach Levitt. Especially in the first half, too. I feel like uh, that that was the biggest that was the biggest def- difference. It felt like watching ASU's offense reminded you a lot of watching Oregon's offense on the road in the last couple of weeks. They got behind. They were the ones that got behind early. They were the ones that couldn't establish the run early. They were the ones that looked up and it was the third quarter. They were down by two scores and now had to go away from the one away from the run. They were the ones that climbed back into the game late, but too little too late. It looked to me like ASU's game flow in this game, copy and paste from what the Oregon Ducks have done the last three games on the road at Wazoo, at Arizona, and then at Utah. They were just behind the the game and then behind the sticks, third and long a ridiculous amount of times. Uh, Nine out of the 13 times they were at more than third and 10. So you're right. So 75% of the time they were at third and nine plus. And, And road games. And, folks, I, I played. I played at all the levels, high school, college, pros. Going on the road is different, not just climate change and time change and this, that, but turf issues. Down in Tempe, it's 85, 90 degrees. They're, they enjoy the warmth. Grass field. So a natural surface for that home team is a huge advantage. When I mean, you go on the road, yeah, it's field turf. shouldn't be that big of a deal. But it's the little things. The little things throw you off. I thought ASU was real sloppy. A lot of penalties. And they've been only averaging seven penalties a game. They had five false starts. And two of those illegal procedures. A couple holding calls, you know, false start. It, it just, it, they weren't clean. Not, not as bad as UCLA was. Right. That was really bad. But ASU just wasn't clean. And they, they felt like they, they were going uphill most of the game. 503-417-7575, where, where are people right now? They, they leave in Austin. I feel like a lot of people left Austin, you know, early fourth quarter. They thought this game was in hand. It was 28-13. They're like, yeah, man, it's getting late. I'm out of here. If that was you, you listened to the end of that football game. You know it came down all the way to the end. ASU had the football with a chance to go down and win it with a field goal at the end. But guess what? The Ducks come through with a win, man. Neil, you can't leave early from these games. Well, a lot of folks, like I, I used to do, and I had Jack <laughs> playing at Oregon State, and then we played it down at Eugene, and get a hotel room. You know, you're, you don't drive them back. I mean, I'm telling you, you're not getting back till 1.30 at night. Just just stay there, especially if there's a basketball game the next day. That would be cool, but it's not. The Ducks were on the road. But it's a late-night drive, but folks, turn your radio on, 7.50 the game. Give us, give us your opinion. On the win. I mean, it was a win. Mm-hmm. This is the Pac-12. Easily, guys, we can sit in here talking about Manny Wilkins could extend that play, got a first down. And my boy, Brandon Ruiz, would have kicked that field goal. Your boy. Made me the expert. Like, I know exactly what I'm talking about. You called I it. I called it. But <laughs> close, though. But. No cigar. No cigar today. Uh, you can also tweet us at 1029 The Game. Our guy, Peter Sampson, 
on the tweet machine today. Check this out, Neil. What's he doing? Peter says, I took the Beavers to cover. I took the Ducks to win. And the Ducks ASU total under 64. He got all three. Well, we got the under. Ding, ding, ding. I got the under with Nick, so it was 66. It was 66. I'm glad Peter made up his money because last week we got slapped, I think. We did. We got slapped. We thought, oh, my God, Oregon, take the points. I grabbed a lot of dogs. A lot of dogs won last week. A lot of dogs. And I got Jordan Kent to go in with me on a little uh, Ducks plus five and a half. And it didn't work out last week, needless to say. No. Lost by seven. All right, we'll go ahead. We'll uh, take a break. We'll come right back. Josiah Carrera's got an update for you as well. A lot of busy action around here. We got you all the way up until midnight. 503-417-7575. You want to sound off. The Ducks beat Arizona State 31-29 for win number seven on the season. And Neil, it sets up the Civil War. Civil War week officially begins now, and we will be live from the Fields Bar and Grill in the Pearl on Black Friday for the Civil War. A Tell remote. you more about that. A Off-site remote. remote. They give it to professionals. Man, we're big time. Allegedly. More college football postgame show coming up on the game. Well, it's another seven-win season for the Oregon Ducks. It matches their win total from last year. Drew Danube and Neil Lomax. Neil, seven wins. It's the exact number that Willie Taggart got in year one. Of course, there is an asterisk with that. Willie was without Justin Herbert for five games. Mario hasn't had to be without Justin Herbert for that time frame. But uh, seven and five right now, for or seven and four, I guess, for this uh, Oregon yep. football team. You got the Civil War next week and then a bowl game to follow after that. Still a chance to go nine and four on this season. And ultimately, you know, have a pretty good year in college football. If you go nine and four in a power five league, I'd say that's a pretty, pretty good year. And that's still in front of the Ducks. Yeah. I mean, 10 wins is the standard right now at Oregon. And that's just was set up years ago when, you know, Mike Bellotti started having those runs. And then <laughs> Mr. Chip Kelly, let's give him credit where right. credit is due. Uh, what he was able to do to change the entire landscape and culture and finding a quarterback that he's had from Dennis Dixon all the way up to Marcus Mariota. And, again, it, if Justin Herbert was playing in that Chip Kelly offense back in those days, folks, a few years ago, he would look like a Marcus Mariota. I truly believe that. You put Justin Herbert at Washington State, and they just put 69, folks. I mean, 69 on a Pac-12 team, Arizona. Like, they wanted to come from Tucson and go up to Palouse and play in <laughs> sub-30-degree weather? I don't think so. No. No. I don't think so. Let's get the so. bus. Let's go to Spokane. They are who get we on the flight. We probably, even, we probably even charter. No. They had Alaska Airlines going through Seattle. They had Horizon. To, off a of bye week. Come on. Arizona. Off a of bye week. There goes off a bye week. How'd that, how'd that Dude, work for you? Who wants Kevin Sumlin? Kevin Sumlin, man. man. Dude, stinker. But back to Oregon. <laughs> that team beat Oregon, man. That team. That just led. Right. 69 from Wazoo. That team beat Oregon. Look how Oregon went through that three or four week stretch, especially on the road. And we go, okay, well, they played well at Cal and took care of a Cal team that, quite honestly, now probably has one of the best defenses yep. in the Pac-12. They're rolling. They're playing really well, especially beat. Well, everybody's beating USC now. Mm-hmm. I had them in Utah as a hot team five weeks ago. Exactly. This is the Pac-12. I mean, Jeff Van Raphorst said it earlier when we were talking. Because he's been around a long time doing the color analysis. He says, this year, it's just a funky, funky Pac-12. You just don't know what you're getting. You know, teams go two, three weeks. You think you know who they are. You think they know what they're about, and you're and you're wrong. You really don't. Yeah, exactly when you think you. So that could be to... a great setup and segue for the Civil War. You, you, I mean, right now I'm thinking Oregon 14 and a half, 17 point. 
Well, I favorite. I would think yeah. like tonight. I went on. Uh, someone invited me on uh, Corvallis Radio earlier in the week. Joe Radio down there in Corvallis, and I said on Friday that if I had to make the betting line before this weekend, I would have said Oregon by. I think I said ten and a half on the road. But even after today, based on the Beavers' performance in Seattle, even though they covered the 33.5 points and the Ducks' performance here today, I don't know. Me and you were talking. We'd say Oregon by about 14, 14.5 points in the Civil War. I might have to think about Oregon State right there. I might have to, judging on the, that second-half performance offensively by Oregon. I mean, they were up 28-13, Neil. What? I, I I'm sorry, I'm not... You guys, again, I don't have a dog in the fight at Oregon State or Oregon. I just don't think Oregon State's very good well, across the board. They're not, they're not very good. Bad. No, all across. They're just not a very good football team. I think Oregon is a lot better team. They held on today. They did. They held on tonight. The late game, Pac-12 network. Man, these those, those things go long, man. All the instant replays. I mean, come on, folks. Figure it out. Is it incomplete or is it complete? Get with it. It's a touchdown. <laughs> he got in. My God, he's a quarterback sneak. Folks, I'm telling you, these five-minute delays is absolutely drive me nuts. I'm sure they do as you as well when they keep having these reviews and figure it out. But they got it right. It'll be a lot closer than most people think the game next week I'm talking about. I still got Oregon by 20. I'm telling you that right now. Well, they should. I mean, the way that it's, they yeah. – when they run the football well, they should have their way with Oregon State. But, How about Travis Die? Yeah, the guy ran with some patience. He ran with uh, – some authority in this game between him and Verdell. I think Oregon, think about those guys are both freshmen, Neil. I mean, that's a lot. And Habibi Lakio. They're uh, all Habibi, freshmen. Exactly. Lakio has not got the touches he deserves. He was going to get in the game, too. They mentioned him. So, no, they got, and that's and that's the college landscape everywhere is a lot of young players. I mean, Arizona State has freshmen. They started six of them. In defense. In the yeah. defense. So, that that's, that's what the whole college, because you have, from 85 scholarships down to 50, depends on what p- programs you have. and give. So you're getting a lot of young players, plus this redshirt rule. We haven't talked about that since the first two weeks, you guys. Right. I mean, you could have played four games. You're, you're, you're able to play four games and make a decision at that point, do I redshirt or do I continue and burn my freshman, sophomore, junior, et cetera? Yeah, big win for the Ducks. They improved to seven and five. They get the Civil War, and you can start to seven and four. Seven and four. Yep. Yeah. Matches last year's win total right now with two games left for them. You can start to prognosticate a little bit what kind of bowl game will Oregon get. And you know, the more I look at it, USC now if they lose to Notre Dame, they're gonna which they will. They're gonna be out of bowl eligibility, so you can take one bowl eligible team off the board. Colorado, they lost today. They get BYU, who looked great tonight against New Mexico State, with an asterisk, sure. But if Colorado doesn't beat New Mexico State, they are stuck on five wins and will be on an eight-game losing streak. They were 5-0 to, five and the and to start the five season. 5-0, 19th in the AP poll. They're going to finish 5-8 and eight if they lose next week. They'll be out. So you're talking about, what is that, eight teams? Seven teams. Colorado's out. USC's out. out UCLA is out. And... Uh, and uh, one, some other Oregon State, Oregon State. There yeah, you go. Okay, yeah, come on, so, that's a given. Yeah, no, I should <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry giving, about that giving, again. Uh, rub it in, Neil. <laughs> rub it in. So eight teams that will be bowl eligible out of the Pac-12, and where does Oregon fit into that group? 
does Washington State beat UW and make it New Year's Six? Because mm. if they do, now you're talking about now everybody gets elevated a notch in terms of what Pac-12 bowl do they go to? Does UW go to the Alamo? Uh, does Stanford go to the Holiday? You know, who who does the Pac-12 want to go into their respective bowl games? And now you're thinking, okay, does Oregon end up getting a Sun Bowl? Do they get a Las Vegas Bowl? Do they get a Cheez-It Bowl, which is the Cactus Bowl historically? Do they go to the uh, San Francisco Bowl, you know, out there in the Bay Area, which has been the Emerald Bowl, I think, in the past like that. But now with two games remaining, you can start to prognosticate a little bit what kind of bowl game will Oregon go to. And, you know, uh, boosters and, you know, your friends down there in Eugene, they can start to figure out what That's Rob Mullins and Dave Fry and all my buddies will figure that out. But right now their thought is let's go down. I mean, for Duck fans, Let's put a smackdown in Corvallis on Black Friday. Smackdown, huh? Let's go down. And for Oregon State fans, this is a statement game. It is. Let's get this thing close. Let's play hard. Let's play fast. Let's play fun. And John Smith will go into the offseason. This will be an interesting game at home for him. Uh, and we'll discuss it all week long. We will. And, and then our pregame show because we're on the road. Yeah, Got a baby. remote. We're, this, we're, we're big time now. The Fields Bar and Grill. Next so are Friday. we? Is Dan Patrick coming in? Yeah, yeah. Should I have? Dan? We're hanging out. Me, Polly, the Seton McLovin, <laughs> Fritzy, two a days. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna, It's always rivalry week. It's gonna be great. And I tell you, that Apple Cup that follows, folks, we'll pop. We'll pop up that a little bit too. We will because the Apple Cup kicks at 5:30 next week. So here's here's how it sets up. Me and Neil will be doing the live. Pre-game show, the countdown to kickoff show from the Fields Bar and Grill. That's in Northwest Portland in the Pearl on 11th Avenue. It's between Northrop and Marshall Streets. So here's what you do. You wake up in the morning, you know, do your whatever you need to do. You go and you shop in Northwest for your Black Friday shopping. You get hungry right around 11. You're like, late brunch, early lunch. Come in, say what's up to Neil Lomax. Watch some football. We'll do our live pregame show there. Watch the Civil War from 1 to 4, 1 to 4.15. Stick around with us. We'll be doing our live post-game show for two hours after the game. And then the Apple Cup starts right in the middle of our post-game show, Neil. So we'll be watching the Apple Cup with all that on the line with the post-game of the Civil War from the Fields Bar and Grill. we got food. we got drinks. we got man. TVs. we got fans. we got Cooney BMW. What more could you want, man? It's going to be so well, much fun. Can, can, can you go over that again? I know. Because I... Totally. I got the iCal started here. I started putting everything in so I don't forget. <laughs> I got it online. I got my calendar going here. I'll text and you, I'm gonna uh, give I'm gonna give uh, props too. I'm gonna go right to high school. That that day as well as the semifinals That's for right. OSAA. Uh Lick Oswego playing Jesuit, Clackamas playing Sheldon. And I know a lot of college football fans out there, you love high school because half these kids are coming to your schools. There's some great players on this team. So congratulations to Lake Oswego Jesuit and Clackamas and Sheldon, the the Irish. Of Sheldon, who have a Herbert. That's right. There's a Herbert. Patrick. Going to U of O. That's right. Do you think Justin Herbert comes back? We, we talked about that <laughs> the earlier second. I don't want to. Yeah, he comes back and has practice tomorrow. He'll watch films. That's what he's coming back to. Uh, Just don't jump ahead. I love it. He's got a big game coming up. Day-to-day thinker. That's exactly. Come on. Ducks win 31-29. Arizona State is now 6-5, and 4-4. Four and, four. and you know what? Sneaky underlying storyline. Congratulations, Utah, Utah Utes. Utah, the Utes. Josiah Carrera dropped it in the update, but they have clinched their first-ever Pac-12 South Division title. First-ever. First-ever since they joined in, what, 2010? First time that they're going to be playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Well, good, good, good for them. well without their starting quarterback. She- I don't know what, what good. any injury update. You might get that for us this no, week. Huntley's but done. Done. Okay, so he's totally out. Moss is done. Moss is done with the knee. Done. Meniscus. Man, done. 
Shelly and Shine. Shelly and Shine. Taking you to the promised land. Should have beat that team if you're Oregon. Should have beat them. But you know what? A lot of should-haves. Say la vie. But, hey, they held on. They won. It could have been. We could have been sitting here talking about why was that last drive. They converted. Harry made the catch. Manny Wilkins extends. Makes the first down. Ruiz comes in. Brandon Ruiz comes in. Makes the field goal. Didn't happen, though. It was all set up to be that way, to Defense. be honest. Defense. Made the made the made the big change with the turnover. They did it several times. Disrupted Manny Wilkins. A lot of pressure on him throughout the game. He didn't have a lot of clean looks. So give Jim Levitt a lot of credit for putting this game plan. They're coming from all over the place. And Cumberliner, holy cow, number forty-five. I'm gonna put him down now. He he is in my happy diary. Cap <laughs> the day it's Saturday here, and he gets a star. He gets a little sticker for the helmet. Man, Great job. How do you get into the Lomax Happy Diary? You got to make plays. You got to make plays, get in the Happy Diary, and he did. All right. Good for him. Duly noted. All right, we'll go away, come back. Last segment of the Oregon College Football Postgame Show, Judah Newby, Neil Lomax. It's coming up. You sound off on this Oregon win. You still awake. You need someone to help keep you up on the drive home. That's what we're here to do. Let's go. 503-417-7575. More of the Oregon College Football Postgame Show coming up on the game. On second down, Wilkins keeps, he's in, touchdown, Arizona State. And now they're a two-point conversion away from tying the ball game with 4.35 to go. Oh, I tell you what, things got a little stressful there late. The Oregon Ducks, only three second-half points and a couple of intense moments at the end. Arizona State getting the touchdown quarterback sneak. The failed two-point conversion. Wilkins under pressure, throws for the back of the end zone, and out of the back of the end zone was Darby. He thinks he was in. Two-point conversion attempt fails for Arizona State. Which you could argue, Neil Lomax, is the biggest play of the game. I mean, that was really a matter of inches. I cannot believe they didn't go back and review that one any longer than they allegedly did. They simply let Oregon kick off after that because, to me, the receiver had his left foot, his first foot, down when he made the catch. Well, it, it, it was really close. Let's put it that way. No question. It was by maybe a half inch, quarter inch. Frank Darby ran a poor route. He's got to cut that shallow. We call it a dig, that little eight-yard crossing route. He makes it an angle. He goes at an angle. The ball is a little high, but you know, I'm not one that – I'm not really into the play calls. I'm into execution. But you got Nikhil Harry down there, one-on-one. He's 6'4", 221. He high points it better than any receiver that I've seen this year. He's a Julio Jones, A.J. Green. I mean, he's that kind of a player. You don't want to throw back shoulder or just a fade. I mean, that's a that's a jump ball. And 50-50 ball, Nikhil Harry, 50-50 ball? I give him 9 out of 10. You know what's funny? 9 out of 10, he's going to come down. I, I'm telling you, they were 3 by 1. I'm looking at I was telling you we were watching the game. And I go, watch this. Fade or back shoulder, they're going to just 2 points. And he goes to the 3-receiver side and throws to Darby on that dig and throws it high. And I, I thought it was a poor route. If he cuts that off and runs at a good angle and keeps it skinny, he catches that pass. And it's a tie game. That's the difference right there, man. It's a game of inches, and that literally could have tied the game and sent it into overtime. What did you think of Oregon offensively in this second half? First, second half, I don't know where they were. They were, hold, let's hold on. Let's hold on. Now, you got Robertson back, though, defensively. I think that was almost a game changer for uh, ASU to get number eight back. 
Uh, Merlin Robertson came back, and you know he has five sacks over the year. He proved to be kind of difference. The secondary did real well. I thought Shari and Croswell with that pick. Camp Phillips made another pick early on. So two interceptions, big interceptions. That those are two balls that Justin Herbert wants back, especially one that one ball that got tipped to Jalen Red as a poor decision. But bottom line is though, folks, ASU got the ball back, got the ball back from the interception after that failed two-point conversion, Judah, and had a chance to get down in field goal range and win this game. And they did not do it, so the credit should go to Oregon's defense. That's who stepped up in the second half, even though ASU put on, what, 16, 17 points in that second half. The first half defense was exceptional. Got to be very, very impressed by that. And you think about the fact that 17 of ASU's points were on turnovers in this game, be it interceptions or the fumble on the mesh by Tony Brooks-James or muff the fumble, punt, muff punt, punt return by, by Ugo, Ugo Amadi. So you have a couple of seniors, Neil, that makes some, honestly, you got to call a spade a spade, bonehead mistakes on senior night. And good for ASU to take advantage of that. That's a sign of a well-coached team, a well-focused team that here, oh, we got it, we stole the possession. That's exactly what happens, the turnover, and we converted points. Uh, those couple of field goals early on could have been touchdowns in the first half. Oregon kept them out of the end zone. Instead of 14, they only had six points, and that was the difference of this game. Okay, abbreviated little run through the Pac-12 here. Your take on eighth-ranked Washington State crushing Arizona 69-28. to Gardner Minshew putting some Lomax numbers up, passing <laughs> for 473 and seven touchdowns. Does Washington State finally jump above LSU in next week's playoff rankings. LSU is seventh. They have two losses at Florida, home to Bama. Wazoo, one loss, and they just put up a 69-burger ahead of the Apple Cup. <laughs> Finally, they should get in the top seven, right? You know what? That To me, that's not a big deal. I don't think anything's changed. I think UCF should, jo- should jump up to a ninth or tenth. They're, they're outside the bubble, outside the top ten. I think those Golden Knights, those Knights should jump up there. Uh, Washington State, Clemson, I mean, Washington State, LSU. I'm looking forward to the Apple Cup. I really am. Uh, Washington is a good, solid football team. Going over the Pullman, let's see how well Garden Menchu, the Stash, and the Cougs fight and take advantage of that, win the North, and go on like, hey, there's Rose Bowl. There's Rose Bowl possibility out there for the Cougs. It's right there for them to grab it. Do you think they can do it? They're not going to They're not gonna Coug it. I think Remember the old days? He's a Coogan. There's a reason that that phrase is a phrase. I, I've said no Coogan it this year. You go back to that USC game, and they would love to play that. That was way, that was what, decades ago. Very controversial. And look how bad USC is now. Look how good Washington State is. And that's, that's the bottom line of the Pac-12 this year. As for the Oregon Ducks, you know, they take on an Oregon State team that's got some offensive potency that is terrible on defense. Look, we remember the 2015 game, right? Look, we we just saw Fernand Adams last night at the uh, Portland State Eastern Washington game. He played in that 2015 Civil War. A Beaver team quarterbacked by a young Marcus McMarion and a Ryan Null that no one really knew who he was at that time. 52-42. Barnburner in Autzen Stadium. No one expected the Beavers to compete that day. They did, and nearly darn near pulled it out. They beat Oregon in 2016, sent the Ducks to a four-win season. First time they missed a bowl game in two decades. They obviously got blown out by historic proportions last year in Willie Taggart's first and only Civil War. Now it's Mario Cristobal's 
first Civil War against Jonathan Smith in his first Civil War as a head coach. Jonathan Smith knows what this rivalry is all about. Will he have his team ready to compete? And keep in mind, it's a short week, especially for Oregon. You know, a late, late kickoff, and now it'll be an early afternoon on so Friday. A lot of guys are banged game. up. A lot well, of guys are banged up. Man. And, and all the teams have that right now. And this is this is where coaching is so important. And the pressure's on Mario Cristobal to get his guys focused up, quick turnaround, take the bus ride down to Corvallis on Friday, and play the best football game you've played so far. Conversely of that, John Smith, how do you get your guys focused, flush the whole, flush everything that's happened this year, and concentrate on one thing and one thing only, beating the Ducks. What do we got to do to beat the Ducks Friday in Corvallis? That's it. All right. Neil, it's a lot of fun as always. Always fun. Love Saturdays. We got a short week. Get some golf in. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We'll have a great week. We'll see you on Friday for sure. Yeah, Friday. It's at the Fields Bar and Grill for our live pregame show countdown to kickoff 11 to 1 we'll be watching the game live from there that's in northwest portland 11th avenue near marshall and northrop streets come check us out you know just have some fun northwest portland in the pearl it's going to be a lot of fun we'll do a pregame postgame live from there we'll watch the game there as well apple cup later in the day it's all brought to you by our friends over at cooney bmw for the college football hall of famer neil lomax i'm jude newby find the postgame show on soundcloud and at 1029thegame.com as well for any future Future information on our remote broadcast for Civil War Friday. Find that also at 1029 The Game. Thanks, James Creppy, the Oregonian. Thanks, Nick Aliotti, Jordan Kent, uh, Jeff Van Rapport, who joined us live from the field earlier. It was so much fun. Another jam-packed day. Appreciate you, Josiah Carrera, spinning it behind the glass. Kick you into an early Sunday morning. Church in nine hours. We'll see you on Friday.